0: On this edition of the Iowa Business Report.
1: Anything that is a material that you bring in that doesn't go out as part of your product is waste. And that's inefficiencies.
0: Consumers and employees alike are concerned about the environmental impact of business. And Iowa has a unique resource that is there to help. Some news from the governor's office to help guide the future of business and industry in our state and we will tell you the story of a financial institution dedicated to financing a sustainable future. This is the Iowa Business Report for the third weekend of February, 2021.
2: The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein.
0: The Iowa Waste Reduction Center is a nationally recognized organization based at the University of Northern Iowa, devoted to environmental counseling, assistance, training, and education for entities with environmental impact or need. It all started as a three person nonprofit with an office in a trailer, but it's now grown to include a staff of a dozen employees and a diverse area of specialties. Joe Bullock is director of the IWRC.
1: We were set up over 30 years ago to provide environmental assistance to Iowa small businesses and organizations across the state. We do that through a variety of means, including on-site energy efficiency and waste reduction or environmental compliance audits. Recently, we've done a lot of work with businesses and organizations around the state to fight food waste. And then we also have a a very successful and nationally known painter training program. In recent years, we've also branched into um, and developed the Iowa Green Brewery Certification, which is a program that works with a lot of the craft breweries on the state to minimize their environmental impact. Ultimately, we're here to help businesses across the state reduce the amount of waste they generate and operate more efficiently.
0: And not to be flip about it, but businesses know how to run their business. And so they may not want to take the time, invest the resources to do the things that make them even better corporate citizens. That's where you folks come in because they can simply say, help us learn what we need to do.
1: Absolutely. That's kind of the reason we were, we were set up in the first place. Um, we were founded by the 1987 Groundwater Protection Act to help small businesses across the state. You know, when you get into some of the larger uh, manufacturers and businesses, you know, they have an environmental person on staff. But, you know, these small shops, especially across rural Iowa, don't. We get to be that person for them. And that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an honor to be there. But it's something we take very seriously because whether it's environmental compliance, these businesses could potentially be hampered with fines or some different regulatory actions just for not knowing. You know, I don't know if you've if you've ever taken a look at the code of federal and state regulations that are out there, but they're not always the easiest thing to decipher, especially for somebody that doesn't really know that that arena. They may know how to run their business extremely well, but man, trying to figure out some of that stuff can be a nightmare. And that's where we can come into play
0: to some degree. And again, I I don't mean to diminish it, but for so many of these folks when you know better you do better and it's not any sort of sinister or deliberate act It's simply it's not their expertise they don't necessarily know how to do it and this allows you to help them stay in compliance which everyone wants but also fulfill the broader better community citizen role
1: oh no question and 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 ultimately a lot of times if you if you really think about it you know all businesses they bring in raw materials and they churn out a product and it were a service out of those anything that is a material that you bring in that doesn't go out as part of your product is waste and that's inefficiencies so ultimately if if you are reducing the amount of waste you generate and becoming the most efficient operation possible it has to benefit your bottom line right because you're either you're either generating more out the end or you're bringing in less at the beginning or maybe what was a waste you know waste doesn't necessarily just mean it's gone you're responsible to get rid of it. And a lot of times it costs a lot of money to get rid of waste. You know, sometimes these waste streams, if you have a, a singular waste stream that you generate over and over and over again, instead of paying to get rid of it, there may be somebody out there that wants to pay you to take it because it could be, you know, an input for them.
0: And this is one of the things that, again, disparate elements, different businesses may not be able to make those connections on their own because that's not their mindset, or they just aren't aware, but you can be the clearinghouse of information to say, for example, a manufacturer in Dubuque may have end product that becomes waste, but someone in Sioux City would find that to be an input, and you're able to make those connections because of the unique positions that you folks hold in your office.
1: To, to an extent, yes. There There's other programs across the state that do provide those services, sure. uh, such as the Iowa Waste Exchange, which we have a great partnership with. But there's a prime example is so if we're working with a business in some way, shape, or form, we see that they are generating a lot of a certain kind of waste. We can put them in touch with their local Iowa Waste Exchange representative since we do have a great working relationship with them. And we we also, you know, through our 30 plus years of Of service. We know a lot of other service providers out there. You know, we're not the only ones. We have our niche, but then we can also bring these other service providers uh, to the table and and be able to help, you know, our, our business and organizational clients, you know, with that as well through referrals.
0: I think this is an outmoded way of thinking, but I'll raise it anyway. There may have been a thought in the past, and you'll tell me whether it's still active in the present, of saying, you know, don't bother me with this sort of waste reduction stuff because I'm running my business here. This is just some sort of a political agenda, et cetera, et cetera. Do you find that people are much more willing to accept the concept of not only being efficient from the business standpoint, as you mentioned, but also working in a way that does not create a detrimental effect on the environment?
1: I think as long as you can demonstrate that it's not going to cost you more or potentially hurt your business, there's really no argument that that holds water to say why you shouldn't. And, I, and you don't, we don't hear very many arguments. As, you know, the, the, the argument comes, like you said, I'm trying to run my business. This isn't my concern. If we're able to help you through that running your business and do it, help you do it in a more efficient manner that has a positive impact on your business and the other thing that we can provide is is in this day and age especially and this is like a program like our Iowa Green Brewery certification consumers care i think consumers care now more than ever and you know and we've seen that through through that program we work with these breweries around the state and we get them certified and there's a social media buzz about it there's you know there's people that come into the doors and 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 say hey You know, I see you guys are a certified brewery. I saw it in the paper. That's awesome. I want to have a beer there. There is an advantage, another business advantage, not just the bottom line, but also just public relations and who you are and being a good community steward. I think that's very important in running a business and how you fit within your community as a whole.
0: And that was my sense, not only from the consumer side, which is very important, but my sense is that younger people, and I'll say by that, even under the age of 40, they are much more concerned about a workplace that is socially conscious as opposed to ignorant or being an obstructionist to these things. And and so my sense was that the movement is progressing very positively in this way. And and what you suggested are a couple of great examples that say that might be the case.
1: I do think so. You know, but again, it has to be within the context that it's not going to be detrimental to the business. Sure. Even if you're young and you want to work at a, social, a socially responsible place, that's very noble. And, and I want to do the same thing. But if you can't be sustainable in how your business functions, then the, then the sustainability, environmentally sustainable efforts you put in are are moved. You, know, you still have to be able to succeed as a business. And the, the, the more you grow, the bigger impact you can have on the measures you put in place.
0: And obviously, the bigger impact you can have in a negative way. If you're not doing that things efficiently. True. All right. If that someone is, is interested in this concept, this topic, what are the best ways for them to get some basic information and then the contact information so they can talk with your team?
1: Oh, absolutely. They can come to our website. It's uh, iwrc.uni.edu. You know, they can find us on all, all various social media outlets from Facebook to Twitter to LinkedIn. They can also just reach out directly via email to the iwrc.uni.edu.
0: Joe Bullock, director of the Iowa Waste Reduction Center, located at the University of Northern Iowa. Again, they're online at iwrc.uni.edu. We connected via Zoom on February 9th. Still to come, some state programs and grants in the news, and banking designed to help save the planet. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Iowa Family Business Center. The next Family Breakfast Series session on Fair and Equal Compensation, Questions About Pay in a Family Business, will be on March 26th. Learn more at AdvanceIowa.com. The Office of the Iowa Governor, Iowa Economic Development Authority, and the Iowa Innovation Council recently announced the state's Manufacturing 4.0 Plan, a roadmap to help Iowa manufacturers remain globally competitive through a fourth industrial revolution, emphasizing automation and smart technology. IEDA formed the 4.0 initiative last year with the goal of creating a strategic plan. That plan includes five strategic priorities – including adapting Iowa's economic development incentives to encourage the manufacturing industry's investment in emerging technologies. You can read the report for yourself at iowaeda.com. Also from our inbox this past week, the Iowa Department of Education and the Governor's Office awarded three separate $1 million competitive grants through the new Career Academy Incentive Fund to help high school students be more successful in college, post-secondary training, and the workforce. The Waterloo Career Center, which we've told you about on this program before, is one of the recipients. They say they'll use the money to expand that center, which serves seven surrounding school districts and three non-public schools. Eastern Iowa Community College will use its million to create a new regional center in DeWitt to serve students from eight rural districts in eastern Iowa. And Indian Hills Community College will utilize the grant to establish a new regional center in Centerville for seven southern Iowa school districts. Now, each of these locations will provide students access to career and technical education programs in high demand fields, including healthcare, advanced manufacturing, welding, engineering technology, and agricultural sciences. Coming up, a new virtual carbon neutral bank. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa's Business Ownership Transition Initiative. Free workshops on ESOPs and worker co-ops are held twice each month. Learn more at AdvanceIowa.com and on LinkedIn and Facebook. They call it banking designed to help save the planet. It's an ambitious approach developed by Greenpenny of Decorah.
2: Jason Macduff is vice president of Greenpenny. It is a virtual carbon neutral bank that uh, was started by Decorah Bank and Trust uh, out of Decorah, Iowa. And its history goes back 20 years or so when our founding bank began financing renewable energy projects back then, wind, and um, really are committed personally and through the bank of operating in a carbon-neutral way. So our current CEO's father, who ran the bank for many years, uh, owns a farm in, in town. He's got a wind turbine on that farm. He's got solar panels. He heats it geothermally. He buys carbon offset tags every time he takes a flight. He's very serious about it. That extended it into how the bank operates. So we buy carbon offset tags for employee commutes, for business travel. Not that there's a lot of that these days. And so the bank itself operates carbon neutrally. We have solar panels on all of our roofs. We geothermally heat. Our buildings are ENERGY STAR certified. Very proudly, we come from a community in Decorah, Iowa, that has one of the highest rates of renewable energy adoption, mostly solar, in the country. In fact, we learned this week, Decorah, Iowa, is second only to Honolulu, Hawaii, in the per capita adoption rates of renewable energy, again, mostly solar how that happen? Lots of people coming together, including the bank, helping to finance a lot of it. And so it's the combination of a passion for this mission of operating renewably and improving a warming planet, but also a business model that we think works and makes sense for folks. And we want to expand our experience into more communities in the Midwest, mainly in Wisconsin, Illinois, of course, Iowa and uh, Minnesota.
0: So let's say that I own a business in this three- or four-state trade area, Mm -hmm. and I say I would like to be more socially responsible. I give you a call. How does that go from there? Is it traditional financing being obtained in that same process? Do you help me find businesses that might help me get to my end goal? How extensively involved do you get?
2: We're a community bank, so just like any community bank operates, we want to make connections and bring people together and, and solve problems. And in, in that case, if you were a deposit customer, you could call 888 gpenny 0 and Sarah or Rachel or Kelly or Mike or Holly or any number of us would uh, pick up the phone and work with the customer to open the deposit relationship. Currently, we do that online at greenpenny.com. If you're interested in borrowing, either a solar loan for your residence or a commercial loan for your business or your nonprofit or your farm, we've done all of those. And similarly, 888-GPenny0 will route you to our commercial lending team and our residential lending team and start the process there. We want to be friendly to however somebody wants to do business with us. So if that means you pick up the phone and we walk through it together that way and we have a lot of holding and discussion, we're totally fine with that. If you'd rather go to online to greenpenny.com and do some research there, we've got tools and information available for folks so they can drive the ship themselves if they would prefer to. Really, it's whatever the customer and potential borrower uh, wants.
0: Now, this sounds like a very unique undertaking. How common do you find someone doing something very similar to what you've just described?
2: Well, there aren't a lot of traditional banks in the space in a couple different ways. Number one, this commitment to taking deposits and only using them to finance clean energy projects like solar is unique. There are a handful of us in the country that are making that commitment. So if you're somebody who would prefer that your deposits that you worked really hard to earn... That your bank uses those for things like uh, renewable energy projects then come to us and we'd happily work with you there the other thing is that even solar lending as it is becoming increasingly established a lot of the traditional banks aren't yet in the space there's not a lot of loss history yet we are in it because we've been doing it a, a long time and we understand it we understand the risks and are committed to greater solar energy adoption but most of the financers now are not banks. Most of them are other financing-type companies. They might have higher cost of funds, so their rates might be different than ours. Uh, so we're, we're pretty excited about, as a traditional bank with a stable, low cost of funds through deposits, being in the space and making the economics really work for our borrowers.
0: So how many people or projects can you point to and say, we have helped create a conversion or a softening of the impact on the overall climate? What kind of track record have you been able to establish so far?
2: Well, we've we've financed over 100, best we can count, renewable energy projects, probably more uh, going back. But in the last five years, we've, we we can confidently say we've done over 100. And we want to do a lot more. Green Penny was launched six months ago, so we're still getting the word out and uh, talking to folks like you to make sure people know That we're here and we hope to build a sizable business we'd like to be the equivalent of a pretty sizable community bank out of northeast iowa that specializes in renewable energy and and solar lending it's very interesting uh i i joined the company three months ago uh, after 24 years at a a very large national bank and where i became very stressed out and i went traveling and learned a lot about climate change and came back to northeast iowa where my family has lived for generations and I'm so grateful and fortunate to have found Green Penny. I'm really inspired by our work and what we're trying to do. But six months ago, seven, eight months ago, when it was launched, the stories are interesting about, you know hitting the hitting the launch button basically of the website in the middle of the pandemic and not really knowing what was going to happen. I would say the the initial launch has been slower than we would have liked, largely, uh, I would say, because of the pandemic you know, things like conferences, uh, solar energy conferences that you'd normally go to and help get the word out. As an example, obviously aren't happening. We just did one. We were an executive sponsor at one in Wisconsin virtually that went quite well. But, you know, it's definitely different. I I think now in the last few months, we've done some things and we're starting to get some momentum, but it was an adjustment, no doubt. We had to experience that along with everybody else and how to do business uh, virtually in the middle of a of a pandemic.
0: All right. So let me ask you lastly if we project out five years, when I call you up in five years and say, what have you been up to? Where do you hope the business is?
2: Well, a few things. Number one, I hope first, Jeff, that we as a country, we as Iowa, have made real significant inroads and in, uh, of relatively fast adoption of renewable energy. You know, we personally very much are, are a believer of the climate science around this and want to see a difference for that reason. We know uh, there are a lot of folks who maybe they don't like the politics of of climate change. They don't like how it's been talked about. And so let's talk the economics then. And, you know, Iowa already has a history of being the state with the highest portion of of its electrical power coming from wind. And a lot of that was based on the economics and the power of the economic investment. What it did for local economies. Solar is very similar. And I think in five years, we're going to be on a path, if we're not hopefully there in five years, similar to wind, where it's a meaningful portion of our uh, energy is coming from solar. And if that happens, Green Penny is going to be a a, a very big beneficiary of it. We'll be very excited about that. We hope also there'll, there'll be more players in the space. There'll be other Green Pennies out there in Iowa helping to finance this because the investment A large portion of this capital investment to have a renewable energy uh, continued shift and greater adoption of solar is going to have to come from financing. So we can do our part, but we hope there are others that are in the space with us.
0: Jason Macduff is vice president of Greenpenny. More information about this new financial institution is online at greenpenny.com. We connected via Zoom on February 11th. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including Google, Apple, and iHeart. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week.